Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we're going to be discussing Colombia. My name is Shali Shetty, and I'm a managing director in the America's Sovereign Team. I'm happy to be joined by Richard Francis, senior director and primary analyst for Colombia. We currently have a negative outlook on Colombia's triple B minus ratings. Uh, we last downgraded Colombia's ratings by one notch from triple B to triple B minus and sustained the negative outlook in April 2020. Since then, we've again affirmed the rating and the negative outlook in November of last year. Right now, investors and market participants have been keenly focused on the recently unveiled tax reform and its implications for Colombia's fiscal and rating trajectory. So, Richard, before we discuss the tax reform, let's step back. Uh, what are the main factors behind our current negative outlook on Colombia's ratings? And also looking at recent developments, how is the country doing on pandemic management and the vaccination process? And how is the economic rebound shaping up? Hi, Shelley. I think it's important to note that we had concerns about Colombia's fiscal policies well before the pandemic. We revised the outlook to negative in May of 2019, highlighting these concerns. Constant revisions to fiscal targets year after year, the government's reliance on extraordinary revenues, such as excess reserves at Echo Patrol, to meet even the revised targets, and of course, the failure to stabilize debt to GDP. So when the pandemic hit last year, we then expected a much larger fiscal deficit, a suspension of the fiscal rule, and a sharp recession. These factors led us to downgrade the rating in April of last year. In essence, we felt that macroeconomic policymaking was no longer a strength relative to triple B peers, something that we had historically given uh, a lot of credit for, for in the case of Colombia. At the same time, we maintained the negative outlook due to significant downside risks, both to economic growth prospects, as well as the ability of the government to achieve a fiscal consolidation that would be needed to stabilize and begin to reduce the, the elevated debt level. On the economic front, we've maintained our long-standing forecast of 4.9% in 2021. However, there are significant upside risks from the strong carryover from the base effect with uh, economic data uh, strong in the fourth quarter as the economy reopened and the impact from the lockdowns had a diminishing impact. On the downside, however, Colombia is now experiencing a third wave of coronavirus cases and continued lockdowns and, uh, and also the pace of vaccination remains quite slow. Now moving to public finances, in most countries in Latin America, we've been expecting fiscal deficits to actually decline in 2021 compared to 2020, but that doesn't seem to be happening in Colombia, where we're actually expecting a wider fiscal deficit this year, despite the fact that we also have higher oil prices. So what's behind this, Richard, and what are the implications for the fiscal trajectory going forward? Yeah, Colombia is one of the few countries in Latin America, maybe the only country that's going to see a higher fiscal deficit this year than, than last year. Uh, the government's now projecting a 9.2% of GDP deficit compared to the 7.8% of GDP deficit that we saw last year. Part of this is just the government's decision to to continue with some of the, the stimulus to to fight the pandemic and also to reactivate the economy. Some spending that wasn't done last year is kind of effectively being done this year. So that's that's part of the reason behind the uh, the, the higher deficit. And, and in fact, the, the deficit last year was somewhat better than we were expecting. So, but nonetheless, the, the 9.2% of GDP deficit signifies that debt to GDP is going to continue to rise this year. We have it rising from about 60% to about 63% this year, partly because of the high deficit. 
And obviously the starting point for a fiscal adjustment going forward is just that much higher. It's going to be. It's going to take a, a larger fiscal consolidation effort by the government to, to bring the deficits down uh, to you know their target of about three percent of GDP over the medium term. So, Richard, the Colombian government has provided a clear signal about future fiscal consolidation by submitting a tax reform. How robust do you see the tax reform, and how important is this reform for the rating trajectory of Colombia? And also, how are you thinking about the revision of medium-term fiscal targets and the inclusion of a debt anchor as part of the recent uh, policy announcements? The tax reform is a critical factor in, in Colombia's uh, debt dynamics, and, and so it will be quite important for us to, to resolve the, the negative outlook. You know, while higher oil prices and the cyclical rebound will be supportive of debt dynamics in, in the near future, a credible tax reform would anchor medium-term expectations and, and make Colombia less vulnerable for, uh, to, to shocks. You know, the tax reform proposal seeks to raise revenues by about 2.4% of GDP over three years, but constitutionally, a fifth of this has to go to regional and local governments. Also, the government intends to increase some social expenditure by about 0.8% of GDP. So the net fiscal impact from the reform is actually 1.4% of GDP when it's fully implemented in 2024. I think it's important to note that the, the tax reform is just part of the broader uh, picture and, and the fiscal consolidation strategy. The government tends to reduce spending by about 3% of GDP, uh, you know, the, the spending related to fighting the pandemic and trying to reactivate the economy. And another 1% or so GDP comes from tax administration efforts. But all of these, including the tax reform, will be needed to begin to stabilize the debt level. The debt level in Colombia is, is double the level that when we upgraded Colombia back to investment grade in uh, 2011. And it's also now wider than the triple B median, which kind of highlighting the, the need to, to stabilize and begin to reduce the debt levels. You know, politically, the tax reforms could be quite difficult to obtain. There's already been quite a backlash. Tax increases, of course, are always unpopular. And next year is uh, congressional and presidential elections, you know, not a winning platform to, to vote for a, a tax increase. You know, I think on the positive side, Colombia has a track record of passing reforms, you know, 14 reforms since 1995. But invariably, you know, they're, they're changed significantly by the Congress and, and often watered down. On the fiscal rule, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a surprise that Colombia is, is proposing a new rule. Um, it was going to be nearly impossible for the government to go back to the targets under the old rule. So we expected them to either come up with a new rule or suspend it. I think the rule includes moving from the central government level to the general government level, and there's about 1% of GDP difference between the two. So effectively, they're going to increase the, 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 the targets from about 1% of GDP to about 3% of GDP. And so I think, you know, we could expect debt stabilization and, and reduction in debt to, to go at a slower pace under the new rule than the old rule. And I guess on the positive side, something that we have looked at positively is the fact that they're going to add a debt anchor to to the rule, um, you know, essentially having debt as a, as a key element of the rule itself. And I think that could help with uh, credibility, especially if it's implemented in the, in the correct way over the medium term.
Now, moving to external accounts, uh, Richard, uh, are you still concerned about external accounts and the trajectory of external debt as we've obviously highlighted this as a concern in the past? Uh, so any updated thoughts on these issues? You know, on the external debt side, I think we're a little bit less concerned in the near term about that, given you know the, the sharp import con- uh, contraction that we saw and, and the narrowing of the current account deficit to a little bit over 3% of GDP. Yeah, in 2019, you know, the current account deficit was was well over four percent of GDP, and I think it was a more immediate concern. And I, I think a mitigating factor in the case of Colombia is some somewhere on the order of seventy five percent of the of the current account deficit is covered by foreign direct investment. Also, you know, there's kind of an almost automatic stabilizer given the high level of, of foreign direct investment. When when exports fall with a lag, profit remittances also fall. So it kind of it tends to lead to a, a lowering of the current account deficit when it when it rises. That said, I guess the you know this year we're looking at a, a current account deficit similar in terms of GDP as last year in dollar terms higher. But I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty around that, given the fact that we could see pretty big rise in, in imports as the economy recovers. So you could start to see pretty large current account deficits. And, and I guess there's also a question mark about the pace of, of foreign direct investment as well. So we do see a, a net external debt in terms of GDP rising to levels above the, the triple B median. But I don't think that would be a, a key concern, in, in, at least in the near term. It could become more of a concern in, in, in the medium term. And I think another mitigating factor is the fact that, you know, the Columbia has a, a flexible credit line with the IMF and also the central bank has, has been in the process of uh, building international reserves. So external liquidity in some ways is improving and, and, then, they, and, then, and then they have the, uh, the extra cushion from the, from the IMF uh, flexible credit line. Finally, before we end, Richard, what could lead to a downgrade of Colombia's ratings? And alternatively, what can help stabilize the rating? You know, the resolution to Colombia's outlook really comes down to two key factors. One is economic uh, growth prospects, and two is, is, is public finances. Uh, on the growth prospects, we'll see if Colombia is able to return to you know its 3 3.5% growth pre-pandemic, or whether the sharp rise in unemployment closure of businesses in key sectors of the economy suffering from the pandemic, whether these have a lasting impact on, on growth prospects. We were looking at 2%, uh, for example, growth prospects in the medium term that would be quite negative for, for public debt dynamics and, and also probably on the political side. On, on the public finances, you know, we're looking to see if the fiscal consolidation strategy of the government, which I mentioned earlier, you know, tax administration, tax increases and, uh, you know, end to pandemic related spending, whether they're able to achieve these consolidation factors that would stabilize and and begin to reduce the debt level over the medium term or not. And I I think that would be key to resolving the outlook as well. If we see debt to GDP continue to rise uh, over the medium term, that would be negative and probably lead to a downgrade, whereas we see debt stabilizing and then beginning to, to, to fall on the medium term, we could stabilize the, the rating at the, at the triple B minus level. Thanks a lot, Richard, for your insights. Uh, thank you for listening. And for more on Columbia, you can access our research on our website, fitchratings.com. Thank you.